0: Chapter 19, verses 16 through 27. Of Catena Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers. Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 16 through 18. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. Gloss, by the command of the governor, the soldiers took Christ to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. Augustine, they, i.e. the soldiers, the guards of the governor, as appears more clearly afterwards, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, the evangelist might justly have attributed the whole to the jews who were really the authors of what they procured to be done chrysostom they compelled jesus to bear the cross regarding it as unholy and therefore avoiding the touch of it themselves and he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull which is called in hebrew golgotha where they crucified him The same was done typically by Isaac, who carried the wood, but when the matter only proceeded as far as his father's good pleasure ordered, but now it was fully completed, for the reality had now appeared. Theophylact But as there Isaac was let go, and a ram offered, so here too the divine nature remains impassable, but the human, of which the ram was the type, The offspring of that straying ram was slain. But why does another evangelist say that they hired Simon to bear the cross? Augustine. Both bore it, first Jesus, as John says, then Simon, as the other evangelists say. On first going forth he bore his own cross. Augustine. Great spectacle, to the profane and laughingstock, to the pious a mystery profaneness sees a king bearing a cross instead of a scepter. Piety sees a king bearing a cross thereon to nail himself, and afterwards to nail it on the foreheads of kings. That to profane eyes was contemptible, which the hearts of saints would afterwards glory in, Christ displaying his own cross on his shoulders, and bearing that which was not to be put under a bushel. The candlestick of that candle, which was now about to burn. Chrysostom. He carried the badge of victory on his shoulders, as conquerors do. Some say that the place of cavalry was where Adam died and was buried, so that in that very place where death reigned, there Jesus erected his trophy. Jerome. An apt connection and smooth to the ear, but not true. For the place where they cut off the heads of men condemned to death, called in consequence cavalry, was outside the city gates, where, as we read in the book of Jesus, the son of Nave, that Adam was buried at Hebron, and Arba, Chrysostom, they crucified him with the thieves, and two others with him, on either side, and Jesus in the midst, thus fulfilling the prophecy and he was numbered with the transgressors. What they did in wickedness was a gain to the truth. The devil wished to obscure what was done, but could not. Though three were nailed on the cross, it was evident that Jesus alone did the miracles, and the arts of the devil were frustrated. Nay, they even added to his glory, for to convert a thief on a cross and bring him into paradise was no less a miracle than the rending of the rocks. Yea, even the cross, if thou consider it, was a judgment seat. For the judge being the middle, one thief who believed was pardoned, the other who mocked was damned. A sign of what he would once do to the quick and the dead. Place the one on his right hand, the other on his left. Verses 19 through 22. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. When said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, write not the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Chrysostom. As letters are inscribed on a trophy declaring the victory, so Pilate wrote a title on Christ's cross. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, thus at once distinguishing Christ from the thieves with him, and exposing the malice of the Jews in rising up against their king. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Bede wherein was shown that his kingdom was not, as they thought, destroyed, but rather strengthened. Augustine. But was Christ the king of the Jews only, or of the Gentiles too? Of the Gentiles too, as we read in the Psalms, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. After which it follows, demand of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. So this title expresses a great mystery is that the wild olive tree was made partaker of the fatness of the olive tree not the olive tree made partaker of the bitterness of the wild olive tree christ then is king of the jews according to the circumcision not of the flesh but of the heart not in the letter but in the spirit this title then read many of the jews for the place where jesus was crucified was nigh to the city Chrysostom. It is probable that many Gentiles, as well as Jews, had come up to the feast, so the title was written in three languages, that all might read it, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Augustine. These three were the languages most known there, the Hebrew on account of being used in the worship, of the Jews, the Greek, in consequence of the spread of Greek philosophy, the Latin from the Roman Empire being established everywhere. Theophylact The title, written in three languages, signifies that our Lord was king of the whole world, practical, natural, and spiritual. The Latin denotes the practical because the Roman Empire was the most powerful and best managed one. The Greek, the physical, the Greeks being best physical philosophers. And lastly, the Hebrew, the theological, because the Jews had been made the depositories of religious knowledge. Chrysostom, but the Jews grudged our Lord this title. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. For as Pilate wrote it, it was a plain and single declaration that he was king, but the addition of that he said made it a charge against him of petulance and vainglory. But Pilate was firm pilate answered what i have written i have written augustine o ineffable working of divine power even in the hearts of ignorant men did not some hidden voice sound from within and if we may say so with clamorous silence saying to pilate in the prophetic words of the psalm alter not the inscription of the title but what say ye ye mad priests will the title be the less true because jesus said I am the king of the Jews. If that which Pilate wrote cannot be altered, can that be altered which the truth spoke? Pilate wrote what he wrote, because our Lord said what he said. Verses 23 and 24. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, Woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, Whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, Which saith, They parted my raiment among them, And for my vesture they did cast lots. On Pilate giving sentence, The soldiers under his command crucified Jesus. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, Took his garments, and yet, if we look to their intentions, their clamors, the Jews were rather the people which crucified him. On the parting and casting lots for his garment, John gives more circumstances than the other evangelists, and made four parts to every soldier apart, Whence we see there were four soldiers who executed the governor's sentence, and also his coat, took, understand, they took his coat too, the sentences brought in so to show that this was the only garment for which they cast lots, the others being divided. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. Chrysostom. The evangelist describes the tunic to show that it was of an inferior kind, the tunics commonly worn in Palestine being made of two pieces. Theophylact. Others say that they did not weave in Palestine, as we do, the shuttle being driven upwards through the warp, so that among them the wolf was not carried upwards, but downwards. Augustine, why they cast lots for it, next appears. They said therefore among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it should be. It seems, then, that the other garments were made up of equal parts, as it was not necessary to rend them, the tunic only having to be rent, in order to give each an equal share of it, to avoid which they preferred casting lots for it, and one having it all. This answered to the prophecy, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. Chrysostom, behold the sureness of prophecy. The prophet foretold not only what they would part, but what they would not. They parted the raiment, but cast lots for the vesture. Augustine. Matthew in saying they parted his garments, casting lots means us to understand the whole division of the garments, including the tunic also for which they cast lots. Luke says the same. They parted his raiment and cast lots. In parting his garments, they came to the tunic, for which they cast lots. Mark is the only one that raises any question. They parted his garments, casting upon them what every man should take, as if they cast lots for all the garments and not the tunic only. But it is his brevity that creates the difficulty, casting lots upon them, as if it was casting lots when they were parting the garments, what every man should take, i.e., who should take the tunic, as if the whole stood thus, casting lots upon them, who should take the tunic, which remained over and above the equal shares, unto which the rest of the garments were divided. The fourfold division of our Lord's garment represents his church, spread over the four quarters of the globe, and distributed equally, i.e. in concord to all. The tunic for which they cast lots signifies the unity of all the parts, which is contained in the bond of love, And if love is the more excellent way above knowledge and above all other commandments, according to Colossians, above all things have charity. The garment by which this is denoted is well said to be woven from above. Through the whole is added, because no one is void of it who belongs to that whole from which the Catholic Church is named. It is without seam again, so that it can never become unsown and is in one piece i e brings all together into one by the lot is signified the grace of god for god elects not with respect to person or merits but according to his own secret counsel chrysostom according to some the tunic without seam woven from above throughout is an allegory showing that he who was crucified was not simply man but also his divinity from above Theophilact, the garment without seam denotes the body of christ which is woven from above for the holy spirit came upon the virgin and the power of the highest overshadowed her this holy body of christ then is indivisible for though it be distributed for every one to partake of and to sanctify the soul and body of each one individually yet it subsists in all wholly and indivisibly The world consists of four elements the garments of christ must be understood to represent the visible creation which the devils divide amongst themselves as often as they deliver to death the word of god which dwelleth in us and by worldly allurements bring us over to their side augustine nor let any one say that these things had no good signification because they were done by wicked men for if so what shall we say of the cross itself For that was made by ungodly men, and yet certainly by it were signified what is the length and depth and breadth and height, as the Apostle saith. Its breadth consists of a crossbeam, on which are stretched the hands of him who hangs upon it. This signifies the breadth of charity, and the good works done therein. Its length consists of a crossbeam going to the ground, and signifies perseverance in length of time. The height is the top which rises above the cross beam, and signifies the high end to which all things refer. The depth is that part which is fixed in the ground. There it is hidden, but the whole cross that we see rises from it. Even so, all our good works proceed from the depth of God's incomprehensible grace. But though the cross of Christ only signify what the Apostle saith, that they are Christ's Have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts how great a good is it lastly what is the sign of christ but the cross of christ which sign must be applied to the forehead of believers to the water of regeneration to the oil of chrism to the sacrifice whereby we are nourished or none of these is profitable for life verses twenty four through twenty seven these things therefore the soldiers did Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. Theophylact, While the soldiers were doing their cruel work, he was thinking anxiously of his mother. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Ambrose. Mary, the mother of our Lord, stood before the cross of her son. None of the evangelists hath told me this except John. The others have related how that at our Lord's Passion the earth quaked, the heaven was overspread with darkness the son fled, the thief was taken into paradise after confession. John had told us what the others have not, how that from the cross whereon he hung, he called to his mother, he thought it a greater thing to show him victorious over punishment, fulfilling the offices of piety to his mother, than giving the kingdom of heaven and eternal life to a thief. For if it was religious to give life to the thief, a much richer work of piety it is for a son to honor his mother with such affection behold he saith thy son behold thy mother christ made his testament from the cross and divided the offices of piety between the mother and the disciples our lord made not only a public but also a domestic testament in this testament john sealed a witness worthy of such a tester A GOOD TESTAMENT IT WAS, NOT OF MONEY, BUT OF ETERNAL LIFE, WHICH WAS NOT WRITTEN WITH INK, BUT WITH THE SPIRIT OF THE LIVING GOD. MY TONGUE IS THE PEN OF A READY WRITER. MARY, AS BECAME THE MOTHER OF OUR LORD, STOOD BEFORE THE CROSS, WHEN THE APOSTLES FLED, AND WITH PITIFUL EYES beheld THE WOUNDS OF HER SON, FOR SHE LOOKED NOT ON THE DEATH OF THE HOSTAGE, BUT ON THE SALVATION OF THE WORLD. And perhaps knowing that her son's death would bring this salvation, she who had been the habitation of the king thought that by her death she might add to that universal gift. But Jesus did not need any help for saving the world. As we read in the Psalm, I have been even as a man with no help, free among the dead. He received indeed the affection of a parent, but he did not seek another's help. Imitate her, ye holy matrons, who, as towards her only most beloved son, has set you an example of such virtue. For ye have not sweeter sons, nor did the virgin seek consolation in again becoming a mother. Jerome. The Mary, which in Mark and Matthew is called the mother of James and Joseph, was the wife of Alphaeus, And sister of Mary, the mother of our Lord, which Mary John here designates of Cleophas, either from her father, or family, or for some other reason, she need not be thought a different person, because she is called in one place Mary, the mother of James the Less, and here Mary of Cleophas, for it is customary in Scripture to give different names to the same person. Chrysostom, observe how the weaker sex is the stronger standing by the cross when the disciples fly. Augustine, if Matthew and Mark had not mentioned by name Mary Magdalene, we should have thought that there were two parties, one of which stood far off and the other near. But how must we account for the same Mary Magdalene and the other woman standing far off, as Matthew and Mark say, and being near the cross, as John says, by supposing that they were within such a distance as to be within the sight of our Lord and yet sufficiently far off to be out of the way of the crowd and centurion, and soldiers who were immediately about him. Or we may suppose that after our Lord had commanded his mother to the disciple, they retired to be out of the way of the crowd and saw what took place afterwards at a distance, so that those evangelists who do not mention them till after our Lord's death describe them as standing afar off. That some women are mentioned by all alike, others not, makes no matter. Chrysostom. Though there were other women by, he makes no mention of any of them, but only of his mother, to show us that we should especially pay honor to our mothers. Our parents, indeed, if they actually oppose the truth, are not even to be known, but otherwise we should pay them all attention and honor them above the world beside when jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved he saith unto his mother woman behold thy son Beed, by the disciple whom jesus loved the evangelist means himself not that the others were not loved but he was loved more intimately on account of his estate of chastity for a virgin our Lord called him, and a virgin he ever remained. Chrysostom Heavens, what honor does he pay to the disciple, who whoever conceals his name from modesty? For had he wished to boast, he would have added the reason why he was loved. For there it must have been something great and wonderful to have caused that love. This is all he says to John. He does not console his grief for this was a time for giving consolation. Yet was it no small one to be honored with such a charge, to have the mother of our Lord, in her affliction, committed to his care by himself on his departure. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother, Augustine. This truly is that hour of which Jesus, when about to change the water into wine, said, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Then about to act divinely, he repelled the mother of his humanity, of his infirmity, as if he knew her not. Now suffering humanly, he commends with human affection her of whom he was made man. Here is a moral lesson. The good teacher shows us by his example how that pious sons should take care of their parents. The cross of the sufferer is the chair of the master. Chrysostom The shameless doctrine of Marcion is refuted here. For, if our Lord were not born according to the flesh, and had not a mother, why did he make such a provision for her? Observe how imperturbable he is during his crucifixion, taking to the disciple of his mother, fulfilling prophecies, giving good hope to the thief. Whereas before his crucifixion he seemed in fear. The weakness of his nature was shown there, the exceeding greatness of his power here. He teaches us herein not to turn back, because we may feel disturbed at the difficulties before us. For when we are once actually under the trial, all will be light and easy for us. Augustine, he does this to provide, as it were, another son for his mother in his place. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own. Unto his own what? Was not John one of those who said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee? He took her then to his own, i.e., not to his farm, for he had none, but to his care. For of this he was master. Bede. Another reading is, "Chipit eam, discipulus In Suam. His own mother some understand, but to his own care seems better. End of chapter 19, verses 16 through 27.